0: What is up, my friends? Welcome to Rebellion Creates Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, where I interview incredible fathers gaining wisdom from their stories for you and I to grow in our craft. I'm your guide, Ned Shout, father to five kiddos, currently ages 8 to 15, and husband to my rad wife, Sarah, working on our 17th year of marriage. So, yep, I'm in the thick of it, the adventure of fatherhood. And I'm working daily to rebel against the low expectations for fathers and create a world where fathers know who they are as they show up for their families. You and I have the greatest opportunity to impact our world through the way we embrace our fatherhood role. I believe the role of the father is to serve, guide, provide, protect... And have fun in the messiness of it all. I am so pumped for you to meet today's guest, my friend, Kevin Timoni. This guy is an incredible father. We talk about preparing our children, how they're a reflection of us, how to be present with them, and about hunting and fishing with his daughters. You are about to be so psyched to get outside with your kiddos and feel empowered that you have what it takes to lead charge on the outdoors. Enjoy meeting my friend, Kevin. Welcome to Fatherhood Field Notes Podcast. I am really excited to be talking to Kevin Timoni today. Kevin, what's up? Hey, doing well, man. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. I've been looking forward to this all morning. You know, just thinking about the conversations you and I have had about fatherhood already to be able to capture that um, and help other dudes get to listen in on it. I'm excited.
1: No, looking forward to it. It was funny. Last night over the dinner table, we were talking. I talked to the girls and we were sitting down and go, hey, I got this Podcast tomorrow on, you know, fatherhood field notes and rebel and create. I go, tell me about what kind of dad am I? You know? And okay. It was a great conversation, just hearing their perspective on the things that you do. And, you know, I think we all look at each other differently. And then to get that feedback from the kids was was pretty entertaining. I think my wife got a kick out of it too. So Was, was there anything
0: me. in particular that either of your daughters said that stuck out to you at the dinner table last night?
1: You know, it, it's something that Alyssa and I work on and, and it's a focus of ours as parents, but they said, you trust us, dad, mm. you know, and I can't think of a more empowering thing for kids, you know, and I'm, I'm looking forward to talking to you about it more on this, but uh, that was the one, you know, I, we just, we empower our kids so much, you know, we, we, we trust them with so much, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot about preparing them for life, you know, and yeah. I think as you the faster you can do that, uh, they, they 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 realized the responsibility associated with it and it's really cool it's almost like they ended up parenting themselves often uh with with that empowerment so that that was a good one and then of course they love you know the the dad's fun and dad's a jokester you yeah know. yeah he's just an older kid with money. and that, that, that. I mean, it's, it's great. No, we, we have a lot of those good dialogues around the dinner table. So
0: man, cool. I'm excited to, to dig into that a little bit. So to give people a better understanding of who I'm talking to right now, I'll just ask you a few questions. Um, how old are you today?
1: I'm 44 years old.
0: Okay. And how many years have you been married?
1: So I married my college sweetheart. We have been together 21 years this year in October, the 15th, and nice. we have been married 16 of those 21. We started dating in college, so we had to get through those days and then we had to get, you know, get to the house and, and all those things before we, uh, before I locked her down. But uh, yeah, fortunate, uh, Alyssa is my wife's name and uh, we met at Chico State. In Northern California, uh, my junior year, her uh, going into her sophomore year, and uh, we've been we've been together ever since. So
0: I uh, love you. it, man. So it's just that that one love, huh? And and Ivan, just your smile right now when I've heard you talk about your wife. I know that you have such an important, you make it really an important emphasis of your life, you know, is, is that you continue to cultivate that love and that fun and that relationship. So, um, I'm sure that'll come up too, but that's so critical. Um, okay. And then how old are your girls? Yeah.
1: So Madison, we uh, officially have a freshman in the house. Uh, believe it. Uh, is, uh, so Madison is, is 14. I'm yep. um, going to be going to Granite Bay High here in August. And her younger sister right behind her is 13. Uh, and that's Taylor. So Madison 14, Taylor 13.
0: Dang, no messing around. You pop them right out, huh? That's right. Yeah. You you know, the first one's always planned
1: and the second one's like, oops. <laughs> but uh no, we're 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 so blessed with you know two healthy kids and you know they're 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 good friends when they're not they're 18 months apart. Nice. And so they 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 ride yeah. together and uh you know a little bit of bickering and fighting,
0: but yeah, uh, course. of course. Of that. <laughs> yeah, you need you need the conflict. Um okay, and then just to give people an idea, what is it that you do for a living? Now I kind of hate this question because I think men a lot of times we size each other up based on this. What do you do for a living question? The reason why I ask it is I want to help fathers see that no matter where they fall in the, the pecking order, if you will, as far as, you know, income or job, we all have the same struggles as a father. It's like, no matter how much I make or what I do for a living, the day that baby comes, it's still a holy shit moment. You know what I mean? <laughs> it it yeah. doesn't matter. It's all the same of us figuring it out. So I, I just kind of remind the listeners every few episodes. That's why I ask the question isn't to help us go, oh, wow. Oh, cool. But it's to go, oh, man. I have the same problems as this guy. I can relate to this guy. And I, my hope is that it kind of takes that stigma away so much of like that. it We're different based on what we do. So with that being said, what is it that you do for a living um, in you know, a minute or so?
1: Yeah, no quickly. Uh, so much like you, I'm in the insurance business. Uh, I was blessed to land at a, a great comp- a great, get a great job right out of college. And it served me so well that I stuck with it. It, I've had two uh, jobs, my uh, illustrious career of of 22 years in the insurance business, and I worked for a firm down in Orange County as uh, in sales. And I love sales; that's like my DNA, you know. And everything I do uh, in life is really a sale to some degree, and so. I stuck with it. Uh, now work for another company called Amwins, and they've provided a, a ton of opportunity to to have a good work life balance. And selling insurance has been very fulfilling for me. You know, it's a, it's allowed me to provide a a really important service and, and and product to people that you know influences their lives. And you know, people go through different stages. You know, having kids, for example. Yep. And, you know, as you age, and, and and being able to to sit down with people and and educate them on insurance and provide them with The best security for them is it's been a great job and it's allowed me to travel and and play some great golf courses and but also most importantly i will tell you this that and and insurance isn't something i think a lot of people get out of college and go hey i want to go be you know an insurance agent you know you're not popping champagne bottles and riding around in limos and you know it's it's not as, (laughs) as glorious as one but i will tell you it is one hell of a career and it's allowed a lot of freedom and flexibility you get to meet a ton of people and interact with just so many different personalities. And, and that's what I really like about it. I'm sure you can relate to a lot of that, how many different people you get to meet. And then you get to bring all those experiences back home. You know, one of the things with insurance and especially working at home under COVID is the kids here directly or indirectly, they're hearing me work all day, you know, and and sometimes I'll catch them just kind of at the door just listening to a, you know, a conversation about business. And then when I get off the phone, they'll be like, dad, what was that all about? You know? And, and you, you get to take pause and and help translate the future of work to them and some, to some degree. yeah. So that it's not so scary. You know, I, there's, there's so many things like mm. that school misses and it's neat over the last, like, you know, last year really to be able to take pause and say, Hey, what'd you think about that? Or, Hey, what'd you think when I do an interview, for example, you know, just like we're doing here on zoom. Yeah. Yeah and it's, it's been neat, but, uh, didn't mean to be too long winded on it. I'm in the insurance and no, absolutely wonderful for my family and I, and, and, uh, just, just think the world of the the industry and, and, and the opportunities that present themselves in it.
0: Yeah. 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 No doubt. It has been great. It did take me a while to kind of get over that own, my own personal stigma of like how I felt when I said I'm in insurance. Um, you know, I think growing up, uh, as a late millennial, I wanted this, oh, I do X, Y, or Z, something that sounded cool and sexy to me. But yeah. the reality is, is once I once I accepted, this is what I'm doing, I realized how amazing it's been for a career to support my family. And, you know, like you said, sales, it doesn't really matter what I'm selling. In a sense, I love my team so much. And I love that I get to pass it on to my kids. You know, like you're saying, just being real transparent to help them better understand how the world actually works, which is solving problems and selling I mean, you know, it's relationships, right? (laughs) Um, so cool. Right on. As you think about being a father, what would you describe the role of the father as?
1: That's a very good question. And admittedly, I've been thinking about it for the last couple of days here heading into this call. You know, I, I think the role of the father, at least from my perspective, um, is, is, is to lead by example, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, so much of things that I, uh, that would drive me nuts is, is do as I say, not, or do as I say, not as I do. Right. So that transcended to me from my father is to, to be present, um, to, uh, you know, respect them as they respect you and to encourage them to, you know, look at life with eyes wide open. You know, and and constantly challenge your perspective on things and, and be open to new things. But I think that's really what Alyssa and I have done really well is to be an example of what we want them to be. And I think that if you can conduct your life that way, and you get up every day with a good attitude and you're present in the moment and you engage your kids right off the bat. It just sets the tone for the rest of the day. It sets the tone for the rest of the year, you know, and, and what their future will look like. And I think so much now, as I get older and, you know, now I've been doing this for 14 years, so much is, is, doesn't need to be said. It's just hmm. how you carry yourself and, and, and the kids, you, you ever catch your kid kind of looking at you out of the corner of their eye when you're cooking dinner or you're giving mom a kiss in the kitchen or you're oh yeah in the garage and they're just kind of observing you. I think you just need to be uh, keenly aware of that is that the kids are always watching and therefore, you know, you're always parenting. You're always fathering. Right. And 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 that never stops, no matter what you do. And so be present and, and 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 really carry yourself the way that you want them to, to carry themselves.
0: I love it. How much of that? You know, the three things I really heard was be present, be aware and then. I don't know, you use these words, but but um, open, so kind of growth-minded. How much of those three things do you think you learned from your own dad? You know, I. Uh, you know, uh,
1: Ned, my, my dad was uh, only around part of the time. And okay. so I learned a lot of fathering skills, uh, interesting enough, from my mom. You know, my mm-hmm. mom had to play both roles. And so, uh, so much of growing up, the little time I did spend with my dad um, was more fun because we shared little or time together, uh, where my mom really conducted the parenting side of things. But you know what I learned from her is is very similar to the way that I parent today, which is be present and um, you know carry yourself the way that you want them to carry themselves, and show up every day with enthusiasm and intention. and And those are the things that really stuck with me as I you know got into fatherhood and and wanted to you know raise a family that you're always trying to up the game, right? For like sure. you look at your parents and you're like, well, I don't ever want to do that, but I want to do this, you know, mm-hmm. or, and, and so I think a lot of that is just, you know, time, time is one thing that um, we all have equal, um, you know, in a day, but, but not in a lifetime. And I think, you know, spending as much quality time as you can with your, with your family uh, really is, is, is one of the big differentiators I see with us versus some of the other families that we see out there.
0: So So talk to me about this for a minute, because I love this quote. You said so much doesn't need to be said. So as a dad who's growth minded sales guy, I mean, you probably could talk your way in and out of anything when you're when you see your kids, you know, either doing something or they got a question or whatever. um, Do you hold back sometimes? So talk to me a little bit that, that that idea of so much doesn't need to be said.
1: Yeah. You know, I just, why I said that is I think sometimes we over-prepare them. And I think that kids need to to learn things, you know, through their own lens and through their yes. own, match. you know, sometimes it's okay to let them step in in mud, if you will. Um, And then, you know, the next time you sit them down and you talk to them about it, you know, how, how did you get to that point? How did you get out of it? And how do you prevent doing it again? You know, and I think that, um, how you carry yourself. You know, if you translate it over into the sales environment, I can't get up and tell my sales folks to get on the phone and work a hard eight hour day if I'm not doing it. Right. You know, and I don't need to call them and do it. I need, they need to know that I'm busy, that I've got a full calendar. And so they see those things. And I think that they go to themselves, look, if the boss is doing it, then I got to do it. You know, and then let's take this over to, you know, to, to to the kids. When they come into my room, my room's, my bed's made. You know, and so they go back and they go, well, maybe I had to, you know, make my bed. You know, maybe I had to clean my room. Maybe I had to take, you know, responsibility and ownership of the nice things that we have. Yeah, mom, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So I think just, you know, walk the talk, right, and, and, and conduct yourself in a way that you don't always need to be uh, affirming and 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 going back over the lesson. It's just um, conduct it the way you see it, you know. And I and I think a lot of that they try to replicate you. They try to act like you do. And and, and if you're doing the right things, then I think that transcends over them.
0: Yeah, all super powerful stuff. But one thing you said in particular that I thought was was really interesting is you said something about, you know, when they go do something, you sit them down and you, you said three how questions. How'd you get in there? How'd you figure it out? How'd you get out of it? So right there, I mean, that was just Kevin being natural Kevin. And, and so that came out really quick. But I think for other dudes to hear that's really powerful. Instead of sitting them down and going, this is how you should have done it. Or this is how I would have done it. You went, how you asked three questions. So you're allowing them to process it again, like you said, from their lens and not just your own lens. Because the reality is, as we we know, if Kevin acted a certain way for you know 14 years, they will have seen and been their life would have been shaped by how you're living already. So then now they can put themselves in that situation when you're asking them how, right? Because yeah. you're asking a question.
1: That's right. That's right. I mean, some powerful. You know, yeah. Well, and you find yourself, you know, as parents, we want to we, we want to prepare them. We want to um, we want to correct them right away. We want we want to get in and say, don't do that anymore. Do this. And I have found that the way to prevent things from happening uh, again and again, right, is to sit down and put yourself in the 14 year old girl's mind. You know, as dads, as a 44 year old male, I certainly look at things much differently than my 14 14- and 13 year old. daughter. Sure. And so, if you ask a couple of questions, much like sales, right? You get to the point much quicker. you You, you need to find what's driving the behavior. Like you know, and I, if you ask those hows and the whys, you one, you'll find that it's a, a a much calmer discussion. It's not one yelling and one hiding and you know and 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 getting upset or defensive. You can find yourself in a meaningful discussion about something that went wrong. Mm. And if you can get there with your kids where they know that they're not going to get yelled at over spilled milk. Right. I mean, that's such right. a simple analogy, but right. you, you know, it's like, hey, you know, how do you avoid some of these things? What were you thinking to get into this mess? And maybe it's a, a relationship that the girls are struggling with at school. Right. Or maybe it's um, a, a way that the kids perceive them at school. And if you can sit down and just have an adult conversation with them, it's funny you call it adult conversation. Adults aren't the best at conversating sometimes, but when you can have an elevated conversation with your kids that empowers them to speak openly and have, you know, and not feel that they're going to get yelled at or, or, you know, something to that degree. I think you just gain so much more respect and insight to where they're coming from and that's the path to prevent them from doing it again. And and it can be something so major and so minor, but you'll find them come to me and say, well, dad, how'd you get there? (laughs) And so, so, so many times the parenting is, is reversed on us, you know, and, and that's when I think you see the growth and and fathering and being a parent with your kids is when they start to, to, to do things that you do to them back to you. And And we get a chuckle out of that. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's so good. I think, you know, sometimes when we go to the yelling or we go to the, just the fixing it, we're more looking at the outside of what do we look like? What do they look like? Instead of acknowledging, Hey, I make a ton of mistakes. My kids are going to make mistakes and I want to be the number one person they trust to come talk to and not fly off the handle. And then, cause if, the moment you fly off the handle, you are no longer the person they're going to come to when they have a problem yeah, and, yeah. and you don't want them getting their, their answers from a 14 year old boy at school. That's for damn sure. No, that's exactly right. You know, and
1: it's almost like you can, you can drop your level of engagement when you get into the yelling, you know, when you, when you're, you know, you're not bringing eye contact when you, you know, it's important to sit down with our kids. You know, you know, most of them are a lot smaller than us. Yeah, I feel like it's important to sit down and have eye contact and sit down and say, okay, Mm. let's get rid of distractions here. Let's just sit down and understand where you come from. And don't get me wrong. Look, dad's out there. You can still get upset. Um, but you don't need to carry the loud voice. I mean, I, I have a look. All dads have a look, right? And, and you can sure. probably remember for your sure, dad's yeah. look, yeah. right? And yeah. all oh, of a sudden, yeah. they're like, oh, shit. I am <laughs> not doing that again, right? Yeah. Nothing needs to be said, right? Yeah. Uh, I, and much of those looks I have learned from my wife. <laughs> because <laughs> she, has, she has one for me, you know? And, and And that's where you start to see the temperament of kids. Mm. Because I'll tell you what I, I will oftentimes see a kid um, uh, have an uh, an outbreak or, or you know have have a situation where they get really dramatic, and it's not a minute later that you see the parents being very dramatic as well. Mm. You know, our kids are a reflection of us, right? And so, just thinking about all of those things that we've talked about—the engagement, the trust, the respect—and and kind of leading into conversations and lessons because you know you, you you win some you learn some there's no losing right and and having that I think approach to parenting is, is is really benefited Alyssa and I and and I think the world of the kids I think you know they're turning out pretty good so. For what it's worth right now at 14, it's working. But again, the freshman year is, is, is looming. So <laughs>
0: no, but something you said super powerful just now, which reminded me of something you said a little bit ago, but you just said our kids are a reflection of us. And, and when we were talking before, you know, you were talking about, you know, waking up every day with a great attitude. And really what I was hearing from you is um, waking up, not stuck in your ways. You're like, you're not stuck in your ways. Like uh, I'm a man, I'm 30 now, or I'm 40 now. And this is how I do things forever. You're open to, to life and learning and growing. And I think that's really important for us dudes. Cause I think we can get caught up in our own, you know, this is just the way I do things and kind of be a dick and never want to grow. Yeah. And, and then we get frustrated when our kids aren't willing to grow and change, but our kids are a reflection of us. That's like, if I could live without every day, I would constantly be leveling up. Who is Ned?
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because it's, you know, it's directly tied to whether they level up or not. And there's days, Ned, I'm sure just like you, yeah, I wake up, I got a shitty attitude. I wake yeah. up on the wrong side of the bed. And you know what? The whole mood, the whole
0: mood of the house sucks. Dude, I want to point that out. I think that is crazy because, you know, we have this, you know, in our world right now, there's, you know, uh, the issues with, you know, masculinity, this, that, and the other, but I just want, and I guess it could go for moms too, but if dad's pissed, like you do set the tone for the house. Yeah. So yeah. like, if you're showing up with a crap attitude all the time, like give yourself some grace every once in a while, but dude, look at how much influence you have on the home. It's kind of wild. It really is. You know, and, and how
1: that transcends from, from me as a father to my girls is energy attracts energy, good and bad. mm. Right. So, yep. you know, if you wake up and you've got uh, a bad attitude and, you know, that, you know, you're going to carry yourself in the morning with a lot of short answers and your head down and, you know, you're not having a good day. When you get to school, you know, it's likely that your friends are going to engage you the same way that the teacher's going to turn you off. But just to the opposite of that, you show up and you've got your chest out. You've got a little smirk. Right. And you're having a good day. You yep. ask us all our morning. Did we sleep well last night? Can you make some toast for me? Can I butter your bread? Can I get into, you know, get involved and participate? All of a sudden, it's like it's it's brighter out, the blue, the sky's bluer, everybody's feeling it. We're turning up the music in the car ride to the school. You know, it's not silent and uncomfortable. I mean, there's just so many common denominators and things that tie to the energy that we bring to every day. And that's yeah. one of those things back to what we talked about, uh, so much is unspoken, right? Attitude is really unspoken in a lot of degrees. It's how you carry yourself, what's your energy like? And, and I just think there's so much there. And, 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 you know, just having a conversation with uh, Madison the other day about a a girlfriend of hers at school that just has a bad attitude on life. I'm tired. I don't want to do this. I hate school and I hate this. And she goes, dad, I just had to distance myself Mm. because, you know, one of the things I tell my kids is uh, you don't want to hang out with energy vampires, right? they'll just suck you dry. Right. And you want to have people in your life that create that good mojo, that good, you know, hot spot, right. They're, they're into it. They want to enjoy it. And, and so again, that's how I see my fathering and my girls when they come back and they say, Hey, I want energy around me. I want good attitudes and, and optimism and enthusiasm. And, you know, we talk a li- we've talk we talked a little bit about Wayne Dyer and, you know, the, you know, the thoughts are things mm-hmm. and you can manifest things. Right. And, and where do you want to take that? You know, really, where do you want to take that in life? And so it's neat, Ned. I mean, you know, watching these girls start to do things like mom and dad is probably one of the most fulfilling things in, in my life is to see them do things like we do. And, and yeah, so, super cool,
0: dude. Awesome. All right. I'm going to ask you my next question. All right. Now I'm going to pause for a second. I hear something clicking a bunch. I don't know if there's something on the table with your computer that might be moving. And if not, it's okay. It's not a big deal.
1: Okay. I'll stop probably moving my knee. I don't know. I move around a lot. so I'll okay. quit.
0: All right. No, it's good. It's not going to be super distracting, but I thought I'd ask. Um, all right. My next question is what's something you've learned about yourself and being a dad. So, you know, you had babies, you had toddlers, elementary, middle, and now high school. You know, I know, you know, when we're, we're married, there's clear conflict because we're with uh, uh, somebody who's very opposite of us. So we're confronted with things we like about ourselves and we don't like about ourselves. When you think about being a dad with your kids and you did say your kids are a reflection of you, what are things that you've seen about yourself or learned about you, yourself that you either like or don't like? That makes sense.
1: No, it does. It's a, it's a really good question. I, I think one of the best reminders that the girls I get is that you really never grow up.
0: Hmm. So then how do you take that? How do you, how do you take that? Is that good, bad, or what?
1: You know, I love it because I think so much in aging is your mindset. Mm -hmm. And so I, my kids would say I'm pretty goofy you know, because, I, you know, I'll, I'll, we'll chum it up at the, you know, the table and it's just us girls hanging out, you know, and, and we'll talk about the boys and they won't reference the boys by name. We call them like potato or we call them something else you know, <laughs> so that I don't slip and, and mention their name, you know, accidentally in front of the wrong parent group. But I love that they keep the youth in me. I love that they, they keep me excited about life. You get to go back. And in some ways, I think I miss some things as a kid. Whether it was I was worried about what people thought, or I was worried about this, that, and the other, and you know, um, uh, coming from a divorced home and, and things like that, but it, it allows me. What they've done is they allow me to go back to being a kid, and they've allowed me to come up with that that joyfulness and that optimism yeah. and just excitement around life. And, and you know, I think that's a real positive. I I can't think of a downside uh, to to what I have have gained and in, and in, in the insight that I've gained as a forty four year old father now. It's just tremendous. If you allow yourself to be, uh, you know, parented up, I don't know if that's even a term, but allow them to bring it back to you, especially with the idea that they're going to be a reflection of you. It's just, it's it's just been a wonderful experience.
0: Yeah. It's so great. One of the answers I got from a guy, when I asked him, how old are you today? That question, he said, well, in some ways I'm 12 in some ways I'm, you know, 75. Um, but you know, his age was like 45 years old. And I thought, you know, it just goes in line with what you're saying. How great to just go oh, be great with that and go. What I've learned about myself is I don't have to just be one certain way. It's like I can just be goofy and silly with my with my girls. You know, I could step up and, and bring the wisdom when I need to, but just to enjoy life and not feel like, you know, you made the comments. I feel like I've struggled with this for a long time, is is I feel like I miss out on things because I was always comparing myself and always worried about what other people thought. And it's like I'm supposed to act a certain way and no. and How unfortunate in those moments, you know, not just to get to be yourself. That's right. Um, And and, and nowadays, I mean, it's been
1: amplified. Everything we do is is in some way, you know, a picture or a a chat or on the gram or whatever's going on, right? And so there's constantly this reflection of likes or no likes and things. And and anyway, just being vulnerable and going back Mm. to yourself, you know. I mean, I'll tell you, I'm a, a mush, right? I'll I'll cry at a Kodak commercial. But when your daughters see you cry or be emotional or, and and I don't mean get upset. I mean, be vulnerable and real. That is like a pretty empowering thing for them Mm -hmm. to see because this machoism and this thing of dads and we have to be so strong and, you know, there's no crack in the armor and, you know, that's, that's BS, man. You know, let's, let's be real and and know that we're all sensitive. We all have emotions. And, and that's been been a cool thing to, to be able to just be yourself and and then allow them because, you know, Madison got into fencing an individual sport, right. Which I thought was such a sign of her own creativity and individualism. It wasn't a team atmosphere. She'd done the team stuff, right. But she, she pursued something that was just for her. Hmm. She just really liked it. And so I looked back and thought, man, there was a lot of things like, you know, a good example is I didn't, you know, I played football and baseball, but I loved golf. But golf wasn't as you know popular, right? Like the girls weren't, you know, cheerleading for the golf guy, right? Right, so right. I went play, I went. And in hindsight, I'm not out throwing a football right now and I suck at golf. You know, so you just look at <laughs> the things you did, right? Different because of you know somebody's perception or what people thought. And man, if there's anything dad's uh you know that I can share with him is to you know empower your kids to just be themselves. Because mm. man, there's so much confidence in that. You know when they're when they're trying to walk and do things uh, that is uh, unorthodox, or are not their way. That's when when problems become when they're faking it. You allow them to really own and harness their individuality, whatever it may be. And you know the world's much different now. There's so much talk about you know being yourself and being able to identify with whatever makes you happy. And you know there's there's a lot to that. And you know we encourage our kids to to, to really embrace that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I dig it. And I would even say, you know, (laughs) some of the stuff that we might go, man, why are people going so extreme about my identity is because they haven't had somebody firmly there just to let them be themselves. So they go to these crazy extremes. I would call crazy extremes because there hasn't been this foundational. And I would say father around to say, Hey, like, let me help guide you in your identity. Like help let me help you see in the mirror what I see and speak life into them instead of them just freaking floundering and then latching on to all the crazy shit we have in our world right now.
1: No, it's, you know, just one more point on that too is, is, you know, you don't have to be the only dad in their environment. And I mean, naturally Mm. biological dad's great. You know, obviously we got that, but, I have a group of dads that I surround myself with quite a bit. You know, I have a small group of, of dads that we do a lot of things. We do the barbecues and we hang out a lot. And there are things that some of the other dads do better than I do. And I tell them every time, have that conversation with Madison and Taylor, please sit them down, tell them your perspective, tell them how, what you think about that. Mm-hmm. Because, you, know, I, you know, it's much like, you know, at, you know, working with my sales team. Sometimes I'll bring in an outside sales consultant because they hear me all the time. Right. I, and naturally, I think we, we we get a little tone deaf, right? We just you know, we naturally we kind of can can kind of block out for a minute daydream, if you will, when you know that you're gonna hear that person all the time. But when somebody new comes in,, I, for example, I sit down with your kids, they're gonna be very interested in what I have to say, yeah, because really it may' be the only right? time we ever talk. So right. I just wanted to leave that with, I you know, I think that you know we're all about the village, you know, and if you have you surround yourself with the like-minded parents and fathers. You're going to find so much comes out of other fathers speaking to your kids. So
0: Powerful, powerful. Well, this leads me to my next question. You know, the, the podcast is Fatherhood Field Notes, which we've been doing, right? Just opening up your field notes, learning about your life, how we can um, elevate ourselves as dads. But the the mantra behind it is rebel and create. And the idea is, you know, it can be applied to so much. I want to rebel against having the cell phone at the dinner table so that I can create family dinner nights, or I want to rebel against, uh, you know, what it looks like to be a dad to girls so that I can create, you know, strong women, whatever it is. So what's something in your life, whether it's something kind of today or more of a lifelong passion that you're rebelling against, maybe a little counterculture. And uh, why are you rebelling against that? What are you hoping to create out of it?
1: So, you know, I would say that the, you know, there's a, there's a quote that girls can do anything, boys can do better. And I have taken that to the extreme with the outdoors. Okay. Um, Hunting and fishing today is certainly not what it was 50 years ago. Right. Hunting was such a normal thing for society. And now it's such an exception. Right. My oldest daughter, Madison, last year went to Texas with me and we harvested our first big whitetail, for example. Uh, Taylor and I uh, last year also under COVID, we had a lot of fun, by the way. There was a silver lining and everything. (laughs) We went fly fishing on the the upper Sac River and she was able to tie her own fly and and land a fish and learn the art of the outdoors. And Mm. I guess I don't know if it ties directly to a rebellion, but. It was something that was so ingrained in, in my childhood. Uh, some of the best times I ever spent with my dad was learning the outdoors and learning how to survive and learning how to, uh, you know, critical thinking and learning how to be prepared. And so much of that transcends back into school and being a sister and being a daughter and being a good friend and, and all of these things. And so one of the things very early, you know, a lot of camping and a lot of how to make a fire and, you know. Don't you know go on hikes without a pocket knife and a and a book of matches and you know all of these things and the lessons that you learn in the outdoors are are, are just tremendous. Um, spending the time in the woods is something that is is very unique nowadays. Uh, the best thing for the dads out there is there's no cell service in the mountains, right? And and so much you know so much is going on with that phone and, and I'm guilty of it too. But when you get in the outdoors and you have, you know, let's say eight hours with your child alone and we, and, and I intentionally, well, not intentionally one loves to hunt, one loves to fish. So I get that one-on-one time with them is to get out there. And it's funny because it's empowered them to have conversation at school that most kids are unfamiliar with. You know, and the boys come up to Madison and Taylor and like, Hey, I'm going hunting with my dad. They're like, well, what are you shooting? What kind of gun do you have? You know? And they're like, what, what do you mean by that? You know? And they know how to They went through hunter safety school. So Madison was able to go and learn how to operate a firearm, Mm
0: -hmm. right? Learn how to
1: clean a gun, learn how to protect yourself and prepare herself. And and the same thing is true with with Taylor in terms of of the art of fishing and the patience and failure that comes with that. So my rebellion, one thing that really stands out with me and my girls is the outdoors. And and what's really been cool and something I've enjoyed is we love to buy fishing poles and and things for kids who have never had it before. Mm. You know, and it's been like our thing. So I wasn't up here in Granite Bay for, you know, a year before I had, you know, a handful of kids, the dads who didn't do the outdoors, but would love to, where we were up at, you know, Sly Park with our poles in the water at six in the morning, freezing our butts off. And these kids were so engaged in it. Right. And it's just an opportunity for me to, to have something that I, and me and my girls have just for us. Mm. And then that, just transcends to so many cool conversations and dialogues. And, and now we've taken the outdoors uh, to, to boating. And so we're doing the wakeboard and the surfboard and, and those things build confidence and they show them that you're not good at everything, but be open to trying anything right mm-hmm. And get out there. Right. And, and like I said, you know, just cause it's a, a boy's thing to go hunting, you know, break that norm, right. Get out there. And so that would be something that that has just been such a neat experience for me and the girls and, and it allowed us to really grow in our relationship. And my wife does other things. You know, my wife, her thing would be, you know, this, the sewing and the, the baking and, and jarring and all these things that she brings to the table, but it, it's just our time. Yeah. Whatever it is, whatever you golfing with your kid or you're doing a flying kites have that time. And because it will give them, um, a topic in the conversation, right? And so much in life is about the conversation, right? What do you bring to the table? What do people think about when they think of you? Well, I can tell you what: there's a couple of things that stand out with my kids in their peer group, and one of them is one of them hunts, and one of them can drop a fly in front of a trout on the river at any time. So, those are the things that I I just feel are a little bit unique to us in terms of the Timoney family would be the outdoors adventures and, and and things like that.
0: Yeah, would um would It'd be all right if you shared the story of Madison um, and shooting that deer in Texas last year. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, I, I remember I did share that with you. So there was a moment where we went out and, uh, you know, naturally mom and I were concerned about how would she feel about harvesting an animal.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. And, and so, you know, the moment came on us pretty quickly. We we landed and got to the, to the ranch in Texas and the, the, the ranch owner said, okay, let's get out here. We got a little bit of light left. And we got out and, you know, this, this beautiful eight point buck, one that is now mounted here in my office um, walks up and it took about, I don't know, it felt like an eternity, but a good 10 minutes of patience and Madison is shaking so bad that it's hard to hold to the gun. I'm crying already. I already got tears running down my face. Either <laughs> I love way. It, man. I'm worked up above, you know, I'll, I'll get up, right. And and eventually she squeezes off a perfect shot and we harvest this animal and we come down. There's a lot of jubilation and there's a lot of excitement. And, and, and so we have this moment. And later, later in the night, we uh, proceeded back to camp and dinner and, and I had noticed that Madison had walked away. And so I went over to her room and I could tell that she had been crying. And I sat down with her and I said, hey, I said, how are you doing? You know, and she says, well, I just I, I, I feel bad about the situation. She goes, I feel bad that you know, um, we harvested this animal and I said, but it doesn't make you a monster, you know, and this is something that we have done as a society for, you know, thousands of years. And, 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 you know, you look at the, what we're going to eat the animal, right. We're going to, we're going to enjoy the, the, the experience of, of of what we went through as a, a, her and I, and, and I allowed her just to open up about the moment. I think that was the thing that you know, I could have been, hey, knock those tears off and, you know, yeah. clean your nose and hey, what are you being a sissy for? But I just wanted it to be an emotional and, and, I, and I got a little teared up in the moment too. And but it was a moment that didn't need a pill. It didn't need an explanation or definition. It was just a, a pure moment with me and her about something that I was very passionate about that I had brought her into. And so the night carried on. We both drifted off and went to bed. And the next morning we had to get up because we had another four days of hunting and I was. Is she going to get up? You know, is she going to get back after? Yeah, basic? yeah, yeah. Um, by the time I had woken up, she had already showered and was back with her boots on and said, dad, let's get back out there. But it was an emotional experience where I think as fathers, we we get involved sometimes where had I come in with a different approach, I would have got a different outcome the next morning. But able to sit down and just allow her to open up and be emotional and, and me to be able to be emotional and hear from her and walk her through it. You know, now we've got this bond and we've got this experience in front of us and this, you know, beautiful story and mountain that she's, and she's got a couple in her room already. Um, and this year we're planning another hunt, you know, and, and, and the hunt itself, just for you guys out there thinking about ways to engage with your kids, the hunt or the kill, if you will, the harvesting is about two seconds. It's everything about that. It's the three hour plane ride to Texas. It's the two hour car ride. It's the singing Dixie chicks in the car, you know, with a with a ton of, you know, uh, sugar and, and candy all over the place and, and Burger King wrappers in the back. And, you know, and and just talking it through like that really is what it's all about, um, you know, getting a little uh, emotional here, just talking about it. But, you know, that is probably the coolest part about all those experiences and encourage all the dads out there to find that connection with your kids.
0: Mm, dude, so good. So if someone's listening and they're like, man, I have no idea where to even start if I wanted to do that. Like, that sounds incredible, but how would I start? What are like the yeah. three to five things you'd say, okay, real quick, here's what you do to get yourself going down that path?
1: 100%. So if you like the outdoors, um, Big Five, Dick's Sporting Goods, Walmart, right? They are loaded up to take care of you in so many ways. Any kids under 15 don't need a license to fish, okay? Okay. Um, so with fishing, and you know, I just would encourage you to get out there and get your first fishing pole in a tackle box. It'll probably cost you twenty bucks, right? Get a box of worms and some power bait, and find your local lake and go down there. And the first person you meet to that takes your ten bucks to be there, ask them where to go fishing. Yeah, pop up some chairs and throw a pole in the water. I mean, you know, it's so much about life is just taking the first step, you know. And and don't try to do it perfect, right? So many so much is is prevented in in terms of you know, doing things because you're worried about just taking the first step, right? Find another dad who doesn't. I mean, I'll tell you what, anybody who loves the outdoors wants to share the outdoors with other people. Most hunters later in their hunting career, if you will, harvest less animals because they like to take people out to, and when they see the look on their face when they get their first animal. Hmm. I can't tell you, there's very few things in my life from both my kids and I, when we get to go out and see a boy or a girl catch their first trout. Right. So find people around you that will do that, but it's not that hard. You can go down to any sporting goods store. And then if you're thinking about getting into hunting, which I constantly get people pinging me and hit me up online when I, when I post hunting, and, yeah. and, and how do you do that? Can I go with you? It's very easy. It's like anything, right? Do a little research online. My daughter passed her hunter safety course when she was 10 years old. And there's no, there's no um, difference in the vernacular or the, the level of reading in the test so you can either be a 44-year-old man taking the test or a 10-year-old girl. It's the same test, right? And so going through that process with them, uh, you both can do it. You actually can do it right now. A little uh, life hack is under COVID, you only have to do the online course, which is 40 hours, and then they mail you the the, the the license where you used to have to go and do an eight-hour day and then another test. So it's a little bit easier. So for you dads out there that're thinking, look, I'm going camping. I'm going fishing or hunting with my kids this weekend or next month or, or this summer it's really a couple of clicks on Google. You'll find the information and then it's getting out to your local fisheries, uh, creeks. There's so much outdoor uh, outdoor activities available, especially here in California. Northern California is the Mecca, you know, the Feather River, the American River, the you know, Folsom Lake. Oh, it's like land of a thousand lakes up here. And so it's, it's really right out your back door. Um, so that would be the ticket, right? Get out and do it. Don't wait for the right time right? It's mm. never the right time. Before you blink, you're going to be, you know, there's a there's a quote that I share with my kids a lot, Ned. Do what you can before you can't. Mm. You know, my 94-year-old grandpa can't get on a horse anymore. And he shared that with me about 10 years ago. And Nothing he liked more than was to go out and ride his horses. He's a, a true cowboy in every sense of the word. And he now he can't. And so, you know, one little tip of advice to, to, to the dads out there, is your kids are going to grow up, they're going to go to school, they're going to have their own families, and they're going to go do their own lives. And you're not going to be the, the cool dad anymore. You're not going to be the one they call right back. You're not going to be the one picking them up. Do it now. And, and lay that foundation now. And then you got to wait until you have grandbabies. And that's a big, that's a big gap.
0: Yes. <laughs> dude powerful stuff and you know something you said you said um it's it's about the journey right and we could feel the passion in you you know it's like shooting the deer was a two seconds it was everything up until that but then you told the story of like go get a fishing pole get a tackle box and then throw up the chairs and then you know throw that bait out in the lake doesn't really matter if you catch it i mean yeah you want to catch something so figure that out but it's everything in that. It's like, don't go get the pull and tackle box by yourself, you know, like take them with you, make them part of the entire experience. But I find myself sometimes like just thinking about setting the chair up and casting. Like, I just want to get to there. And then I missed, you know, when I sit down and take my deep breath, like, Oh God, you, you did it. You made it happen. I kind of pissed away all the before stuff because I was just trying to get to that moment when you really want to go. It's about the whole experience all it is.
1: People. You said a, a, a perfect thing. Have them be a part of it, right? Now I could have forced a hunting thing, but Madison on her own time had to study a book on hunting and then take 40 hours of online class. What you find then is that they're in it for themselves too. Mm. If if you go to the, you know, if you go to the big five and the kid's like, just give me whatever. and I don't really care and I don't want to see it and it doesn't matter to me. Well, then you got to kind of re, you know, re-engineer your approach here. You didn't ask the hows, the whys and all those things. You didn't get to what it was all about. Right. If they're now all of a sudden they're online and they're researching poles and they're researching, you know, where they're stocking trout that day. And then, now you're like, aha, now we've got some buy-in here. And so much of hunting and fishing translates to life. Just think about that. Grabbing the pole, putting, the, you know, putting the lure in the water and and, and, and attempting to do something. Right, it's an individual act to get something in return. So much in life is that it's the test. Right, it's it's the ability to go and do something, carry it through, and then find that result. And so that's another cool thing about fishing and patience and failure. There's so much of that, right? And so much of life is that, right? And and it, but if you stick with it, all of a sudden you see that little bobber go down, and now you've got your first fish. And the jubilation, the smiles will never go away, and they'll never forget it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Dads get, get out there and and, and buy some equipment. Even if you use it once, you know, you'll never regret it. Mm.
0: (laughs) So good. All right. So I'm, you know, uh, I'm going to ask you one more question for another story. So just I only know all these stories because we were stuck in the car, driving to go snowboarding and and there was traffic and lots of snow on the road. (laughs) So I got a bunch of stories out of Kevin. So when you took Madison hunting, you're at a ranch, with a bunch of good old boys, and I well, would love for you just to share that story because I think there's a couple insightful things there of the conversation at the dinner table and and how you handled it and how she handled it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I knew you were going to bring that up, and so <laughs> we uh, no, no, and I, I'm glad you did. Um, so we, you, there's there's situations in, in in life where you you need to sit back as a father and and watch your fathering. You know, either come out or not, right? You 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 prepare your kids for situations in life. That's that's a lot of what fathering is. You try to prepare them as best you can. Um, and I'm a big. I'll tell you another quote. I prepare my kids. I don't protect them.
0: Mm-hmm. Too
1: much. Too many. Too many fathers are protecting and how these guardrails and they want to bubble wrap them and all that. No, that's not what's going on over here at the Timoni Camp. And so we had sat down with some older gentlemen that were you know had, had grown up in a different era and uh, in the heart of Texas. And had are using some um, some of the worst racist terminologies that you can come up with, and I, I, I don't I don't care to share. I think the audience can figure out what it is.
0: Yeah, and it is
1: um, in relation to a friend that they just simply referred to as something that we don't we don't use a word, and it it offended my daughter. Um, I think a great deal hearing a, another white man reference somebody that way. And so Madison politely said, "You don't need to use those type of words. It doesn't make you sound um, very... Uh, what was the word? Uh, it, it makes you sound ignorant." I think is what she said <laughs> with, with, with a smile of a fourteen yeah. year old. And to look at the the look on this, you know, I think this person was probably well into their seventies and had never probably been talked to that way, especially by a fourteen year old girl, and he says, Oh no, 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 no. That's how we refer to one another. And they wouldn't find any offense to that. And she says, well, I do. And it was interesting because at that very moment, the the best friend of of the older gentlemen, so two older guys and me and my daughter sitting at a dinner table said, Hey, and I'll just say, his name was Bob. My grandkids don't like it when I use that word either. Mm. And it was interesting because I felt like Madison had empowered the friend to speak up to the other guy for the first time by the way that she conducted. Yeah. It, it was, so, it, I mean, gosh, it, it's such a, a moment when you see your kids do things like that. You're just so proud of them. And Madison simply got up and said, I'm going to excuse myself. And went in and, and cleaned her plate and excused herself, and went to her room and, and read a book. And I sat there with those two guys. And the one guy was a little dumbfounded. You know, well, that's this and that's that. And the other guy stood his ground and said, no, I think we got to work on how we talk. Mm. And, you know, so that's a, that th- those are moments, right? Those are father moments, dad moments, right? Where you just sit back and you, you just have a, a smile and a moment of contentment and satisfaction that your 14 year old girl spoke wiser than most adults because there's so much ignorance around uh around racism and the way that we treat people and call people and we think it's okay and it's not. And for her to be able to have that position in an environment that was heavily dominated by old men and, you know, grumpy old men, if you will, and deer camp, they say kids grow up quick in deer camp, right? Because there's just a lot of loose talk. And I just, it was such a moment. I'll never forget it. And I, you know, I don't think they will either, Ned. Yeah. I think those two older guys probably the next time they wanted to drop uh, that that word, they probably took a minute to pause and said, maybe not this time. And so the world's better, and hopefully they're better men because of it. But you know, again, but back to that experience: had we not gone hunting, had we not take the journey out to Texas, we wouldn't have picked up that little nugget in life. You know, where now she'll be able to to to, to tell her daughter maybe someday about you know those experiences. So
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh man, there's just there's so much there. And uh, the things that I'm really noticing that I think are powerful is is one, you know, you didn't protect your daughter to say, "Oh, let's get up and go sit somewhere else." You <sighs> <just> sat back <laughs> and saw, "Okay, but see, that's a great, you know, to admit that it was hard. It's not just that, oh, I'm rough and tough and I don't care what my daughter hears. You do, but you were you 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 let the moment be and you let her have an opportunity to speak up. Let her have an opportunity to say something. Um, And then clearly there's something that, you you know, you're doing and we're all hearing it already, but to cultivate that confidence, because her, the way that she said, it doesn't sound like it's some arrogant kid trying to be disrespectful to an old man. It wasn't that at all. It was coming out of, I have a voice at this table as well. Right. That's right. You know, and you need to, you need to respect who I am as a person. Like she felt confident and not as a child. She didn't feel like a child at the table. And I think that that is just a huge testament to you uh, as a dad and your, your wife as a mom. Um, and that's what we want to cultivate in our kids and not just say, oh yeah, when they're 25, we want them to act like that. Well, wait a second. That ain't going to happen. And clearly we're seeing that if you don't help cultivate that when they're 13, 14, 15 years old or, or younger, right? It's, or it's younger. You yeah, cultivate It starts, that.
1: At, starts at home, right? They got the same voice here hmm. and, and they will respectfully disagree with me. And, and that's all right. Right. That's yeah. all right. Yeah, you yeah, you that's get right. a lot of insight when your kids disagree with you, allow them to empower them to, and, and don't react with emotion when they do. How, hmm. how'd you get there? Why? You know, and I, yeah, and, and of course, you know, Madison knew the dad's there, right? You know, um, but it, it wasn't necessary. And, and looking back on the moments uh, that you do right, right? Dads, I know there's a lot of things I don't do right. And, and, and you know, but this was one moment I felt like the reaction and the, the whole experience was was done right. But there's also times when it's not done right. And there's often times where I'll go back to my kids and say, hey, sweetie, I want to go back to a, a situation, you know, on, mm-hmm. on Monday. I want to go back to uh, uh, something that I said, and um, I, I'm I'm frustrated with the way that I handled it. I want to let you know that I've thought about it, and I want to correct it, and I'm sorry. And then we move forward. You know, I'll give you a good example. So, I uh, I asked Madison to pick up the house before uh, her mom and I, uh, Alyssa and I, got home one one day, and I came home, and the entire uh, place was was completely cleaned up. She had gone and done all the beds and she had mopped and she had, you know, turned on some candles and done a really good job. And I went into the, uh, like the refrigerator and some things had been put back, uh, where they shouldn't have been some was silly. And so I came in and I go, Hey, why'd you put this stuff in here? I told you not to put it in there. Okay. So a few hours go by and I go, I didn't even acknowledge that she went above and beyond my request. She made mm-hmm. the bed. She, she just did everything that I had asked. I went in and I focused some oh, solely on the one thing she did wrong that I wasn't happy with. And so dads, it's okay to reflect and come back, man. You're, you know, you're normal, right? You're human, you do yeah. things. And so I came back and I said, hey, I apologize. You did a great job. I, and I, I don't know why I narrowed in on that. That was silly, a dad. So, hey, I just want to let you know, I really appreciate you doing that. And and, and the fridge is fine, right? Everything's going to be okay. And those are those little moments where, you know, we you need to be vulnerable as a dad and you need to be, Willing to, to admit some of these things and and come back. And, and what will happen is they'll do it back to you. Yes. Hey dad, I shouldn't have thrown yes. myself here to the ground. You know, I should have you <laughs> know, stormed out and slammed the door, you know, and, I, and I'm sorry. Dad. And so, again, they're a reflection of us and everything we do, they're going to do. And, and so you got to be keenly aware of that as, as dads, you know, when you fire off a comment or you're talking on the phone, if you need to close the door, close it. Right. Because some things aren't necessarily, you know, shouldn't be said in front of kids at, at times. And so those are just the things, Ned, that have been that I take so much uh, mindfulness around is, is to let them know those, you know, that it's OK to come back and correct and it's OK to to, to be vulnerable at any time.
0: Uh, it's so, so good. And, and uh, I think the vulnerability and the freedom to self-reflect and then go apologize, something I've noticed with myself in doing that is um, I think sometimes guys were like, I'm just going to do better next time. Like, I don't want to go apologize to my 14 year old. I'll just do better next time. But I end up making the mistake again. Right. And I, and I keep being a wuss and not going and apologizing. I think one of the things is when you go apologize, like I'm harsher with my son than I am with my daughter. So there's times I go back. I'm like, dude, I shouldn't have spoke to you that way. I'm really sorry. I find that I actually get better when I go apologize because I realize like, I don't want to have to apologize, not because I don't want to say sorry, but because I don't want to hurt him, right? And so when I go and approach him and I acknowledge that I hurt him, then that's something subconscious that helps me go, I don't want to do that again, because I actually am acknowledging how I know it made him feel. So when I go apologize and I really take into account my actions, it helps me become better and actually grow. And so I would just encourage dudes, like instead of just saying, oh, I'll do better and I'm not going to say anything. It just won't do it again next time. I think you're going to keep finding yourself in that situation until you can face that vulnerability. And, yeah. and, and then, like you said, you're teaching your kid to then do the same thing because they're also going to screw up.
1: That's right. That's right. And, and, you know, again, yeah. So well said, Ned. I think that those are the things. And then you'll see them do that with their friends. Mm. Hey, man, I'm sorry. I didn't, You know. And, and you know what's funny is, is uh, it, I find more times than not when I say I'm sorry, they go, I'm sorry, too. You know, because we had a bad interaction. They got a little heated. I got a little heated. Something happened. And they go, you know what? I'm sorry, too. And and now you've you you empowered them to have the same approach, too.
0: Right, because you're no longer competing now. No. Like you just said, you let your sword down or your guard down or your shield down or whatever. And then they're like, oh, I don't have to fight anymore either. So then we're both letting it down. And there's reconciliation there. There's reconciliation.
1: There's embrace. There's a hug. There's usually a kiss on the forehead. Yeah. You that little, you know, smack on the butt. And then we're back to, back to doing our thing. So,
0: dude, man, before I ask my last question, I, I have just so enjoyed our conversation as I always do. Is there anything that we, we missed or that you would want to say or share about fatherhood before I asked my last question? Talked about a lot of good stuff.
1: Yeah. You know, I just, you know, I think that, uh, you know, dad's, find other dads that are, you know, like-minded and that want to be, you know, they, they, they want to participate in their kids' lives. Like you do, they want to, they want to grow with their kids. They want to try new things and they want to, you know, they want to fall down and get back up together. Like surround yourself with other dads that have the same, uh, intention as you do. You know, I find myself sometimes some of my friends just, just aren't, it's not the right time in their life or, and then it doesn't make them bad friends. It doesn't make them bad dad. They're just not, it's a different periods. Right. And I think that when you surround yourself with, with other uh, parents, so, you know, the whole thing and um, other dads that bring value to the parenting model, the fatherhood thing, right. Whether it's a, uh, uh, you know, finding a dad that likes to hunt or fish or finding a dad that knows how to golf. And, and I certainly can't teach my kids to golf, but he can. And, and they, he certainly can't teach his kid how to, you know, um, you know, clean a gun, but I can, you know, and so when you, you surround yourself with, mm. with dads that are engaged with their kids, it's such a neat thing. And it's, it, it's fun because you'll find yourself doing a lot more fun things on the weekends and, and in the you know weekdays. Mm-hmm. And, and so I would, I would just encourage you to find other dads. It's not a solo uh, sport. You know, I, I get so much of the dads that I surround myself. So, so many amazing dads out there, you being one of them. And, and seeing you do the things with your kids and, and build the tree house and, and go work on the plumbing and the irrigation or whatever the things that you do, that transcends to me. That makes me want to go pick up things and go do things. And I just think that there's there's so much to be gained by uh, surrounding yourself with other dads that are, you know, that are doing things like this. Um, just That would be the one thing.
0: Man, that's so good. And, and I would really say that if you're listening right now, like, don't just take that as a nice thought that Kevin shared at the end. We're at a unique time where because of COVID, you know, you, your friendships have all pro- probably changed in some level. Take a count of who your friends are. Take account of who your dad friends are. Are you just doing the same crap the same way that you've always been doing? Now's the time that you could go and say, Hey, you know, Ned or Hey, Kevin, or Hey, the neighbor, I saw you go hunting with your boy, or I saw you go fishing with your kid. Hey, can me and my kid come tag along or whatever? People say yes to that, right? Like people want to share. And then all of a sudden it's not me just looking for time to go golf with my boys, which I would like to do, but I'm taking my kid along with another dad. So I'm getting dad time. My son is getting time from another dad and another kid. So I would say right now is a unique time that you can reevaluate your friendships. And we talk about it a lot in business, like for business, you're, you know, you're a mix of the five people you spend time with, but if you look at it as a dad too, which is the most important thing you and I are going to do, we're a mix of the five dads we spend time with. And just like you talked about with your kid, like she's noticing that a friend at school is a time and energy suck. And you, I think you called them a vampire friend or something like that. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Energy vampire. Energy vampire. (laughs) If there's dudes in your life, you can change who your friends are. And now's the time to do it. Don't, don't piss away the time you have with your family. Well said, man.
1: Well Dude, said. That's
0: hard. Yeah. That's hard. But come on, what are we doing here? What do we want out of life? That's right. And
1: you know what? It's you only get one round, right? This isn't you only get we no reviews, right? And and so many, so much of um, now, right now, is to capture the moment and and seize that moment and mm-hmm. and do things that are outside of your comfort. It'll mm-hmm. teach your kids to do things outside of their comfort, right? I mean, as as creative as I am as an individual, there's still so many things I haven't done. And there's a lot of people that do it all the time, you know. And it's not as you know, the unknown is the most exciting thing out there. So, yeah, mm. I agree with you, hundred percent, dude. That's
0: powerful sad. man, Kevin. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for being such an incredible dad, um, and and being a leader to those around you. So, here's my last question before we go. Legacy question. So, imagine thirty years from now, your daughter will be forty-four. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> if you were to peer into the homes of your girls, what is it that you would see? that you know that you and your wife's daily decisions to be intentional parents, like you're seeing that played out in their homes.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, it's, 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 a, th- there's a, uh, an amazing level of respect and kindness in the house.
0: Hmm. There's
1: uh good energy and optimism uh, in their, in their days. Uh, hopefully their beds are made. <laughs> you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of pictures of family hung up, all throughout the house, because I think it's a constant reminder of of, of, of what the family uh, thing is really. And um, you know, there's a garage full of fishing poles, and uh, you know, there's 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 a couple of gun safes in the house. And and uh, when I show up at the door, there's a bunch of kids running out, you know, and and with big smiles on their face, ready to go camping. And I and I think that you know, if if, if my love for the outdoors can transcend to them and they live on a ranch someday or they live in a place where they can they can have access to the things that we did then it's great and also what's really the most important is didn't have boys and so uh hopefully my daughters will bring me grandsons and I can get out there and I get to now finally take the the, the grandsons out there but you know if you asked anybody my girls have been both <laughs> so you know it's um it's a house full of uh, smiling faces uh that love the outdoors that would be that would be such a blessing to Alyssa and I. And, and I guess if mom was on the call, you know, it would be a, a bunch of uh, freshly jarred jam and, and, uh, things like that in the house that she's, she's shown them as well. So uh.
0: dude, in the statement you made, I just love, cause I've never had anybody answer it this way, but you said that the grandkids are running out to you excited to go camping. And I think that's such the legacy piece right there, right? Like grandpa's showing up, he has relationships where his daughters and their, their husbands or families want to go be with all together out camping and enjoying the outdoors together. Like that's a beautiful legacy to be building and uh, dude, you're doing it, bro. I love it. I love it. <laughs>
1: I'm loving every day of it, man. I, uh, thank you so much, Ned, for letting me be a part of this. Uh, it's hard not to uh, tear up on these things, you know? Talking about your kids is such an emotional thing. And I just uh, want to thank you for allowing me to share my story with the other dads out there. Uh, dads, we got it, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And hey, here's here's the deal. Any dads that are living within 100 miles of Granite Bay, I'm happy to take you all fishing or hunting. <laughs> so I'm going to throw it out there. All you got to do is hit me up online. Find me on Facebook. I will take you out there and help you take that first state. But thanks so much, Ned, for allowing Dude, me. Dude, thank share you that. so
0: much, man. Yeah. Oh, what a killer conversation. I so enjoyed talking to Kevin. As I re-listened, I have all these notes right here in front of me about our responsibility and ownership and prepare my kids, don't protect them. And our kids are a reflection of us. You know, one of the things that stuck out to me very specifically was to not always have something to say. And I feel a lot of times when my kids come to me, I have an idea or a solution to their problem. But to really just listen, not always have an answer and allow them the space to discover it on their own because one day I won't be there and they are going to have to discover things and really earn the right for them to come to me and ask my opinion. So that really stuck out to me. I'm um, just so appreciated that and am inspired. You know, my son really wants to hunt, so I want to go figure that out. And hearing Kevin talk about it is just really laid some groundwork for me to go and do that. So I want to say thank you to all you dads out there listening to Rebellion and Create's fatherhood field notes podcast what you do matters don't be like everybody else be yourself that is your kids, spouse and community needs this is your guide ned shout together let's rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in mastering the craft of fatherhood and if you haven't already please write a quick review wherever you're listening to this podcast it helps spread the word that fatherhood matters i'll talk to you next time you